Oh, I, I've Ross. done this once. What did I do? Shit, get me out of here. All right, I I duplicated the screens. Oh boy. As opposed to swapping them, so nice. I got very confused. Okay. This is not my episode, so Liam has to do all the work. Thank God. <laughs> and you may find yourself in a beautiful bonus episode. And you may say, this is not my beautiful podcast. God, this sucks. <laughs> Why does he keep doing bonus episodes? You may on say, stuff this is not my beautiful slide template. <laughs> Why does he keep doing bonus episodes on stuff none of us care about? Uh, because it's my bonus episode. And because the Eagles once again broke my heart in two. I uh, like football. I, I like football. Yeah, I like football. I care let about me, let football. Me just, let me just have this drop queued up. Yeah, you're going to need that quite a bit here, actually. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Alice. That was three uh, years ago today. It was. Wow. My Damn. my girlfriend was at the NFC Championship, as she's very keen to remind me. They ran out of fireworks uh, and just kept showing me Snapchat videos from three years ago. So that was my. I got afternoon. so many of those memories popping Ooh. up on Snapchat today. <laughs> All uh, right, we ready? So yeah, I mean, we've been recording for like a minute. Welcome now. to the NFL on CYP, the airing of grievances. You were completely okay. blown out on that. Oh. Yeah, I, I ow. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Welcome Just to the NFL on WTYP, the airing of grievances. I mean, I can thank, do thank you, you an echo effect, but it'll just sound anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome to WTYP on the NFL. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted. We need one of those like Fox Sports Gundams they had for a while. I, yeah, I, do they still have those? Football they, sometimes they do. We need some. Yeah. We need some of the like Fox Sports like whoosh noises. Like all of the like interstitial noises you get on a sports show, I, we need some of those. Like, and then they yes. have the sad music oh. when they go to commercial after a gruesome injury. It's like the robot oh, music, yeah. but a sadder, drop down, mournful version. Yeah, I always like that. The that the NBC is just like fuck it, throw the Wonder Years in there. We don't care. <laughs> let's, let's do a quick outro to modern baseball. <laughs> you don't know pain until you've uh, watched an NFL game with BBC commentators. Oh, that's no music, no sound effects. Two British accented men <laughs> being like, "Well, it's not exactly like rugby, but it's kind of noise Saints in it." Ross and I once watched a Red Sox like eras like I don't even know who it was Arizona Diamondbacks game on a bootleg stream where the sound didn't work. So we had to do all the commentary ourselves for two and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> all right. Mystery Science uh, 3000 yeah. style. It's exactly right. All right. Roll let's, fizzle beef. Let's talk about uh, roll tide fizzle beef. Do not roll tide. We're not doing Alabama football today. <laughs> let's talk about the history of the no fun league. Next slide, please. Liam, you need to at least introduce our guest. Oh shit! Sorry, Seamus. Seamus, you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Sorry, Not now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. Nah, all good. I'm Seamus Clancy. I'm a South Philly-based writer covering the Eagles and Sixers. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Uh, check out the podcast, the Eagles podcast I do for Bleeding Green Nation called From the Bleachers. Just search Bleeding Green Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're using. And most importantly, if you want to contribute to my well-being, uh, sign up for my Philly sports newsletter, patreon.com backslash 
Seamus underscore Clancy. Yes. Oh, yeah. we, all right. All right. We got the commercial out of the way first. Yeah. Nice. This being this being the NFL, Seamus is going to have to go like six more times, though. So I hope you're hydrated, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, give me the airing of grievances. Next slide, please. Okay. Am I am I hallucinating, or am I just still seeing the NFL on WTYP slide? Yeah, I I also am seeing that. I don't think the stream is on Discord is uploading. Let me check here. I just switched it. Great. Fantastic. Oh, oh, I see what's going on. I just see a SEPTA <laughs> token. Oh. RIP. Uh, yeah, that's his. Yeah. Um, stream. Here we go. Okay. There we go. We've done it. We've done it's did it. It's the No Fun League. It's the No Fun League. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about what is football. What uh, is football? It's uh, well, it's not quite like rugby, but it's a bit like rugby. Yeah, isn't it? it's the it's the superior sport. Uh, <laughs> there is eleven guys on each side of the ball, uh, and they attempt to murder each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, as Twitter put it, <laughs> the strong men harm each other in pursuit of the egg. Yes, uh, you have a ball. You attempt to move it to your opponent's end zone. Uh, you have a set of downs, which are tries. So you start nominally first and 10, and then you have to get 10 yards, and every time you complete a set of downs, assuming you don't fuck everything up, you get a new set of downs once you've advanced the ball those 10 yards, or those nominal 10 yards. Uh, so I, uh, I don't know what other... Sh- uh, holding's not a real penalty. I don't know what other rules should I have in here. Uh, when you fumble the ball out of the end zone and then the other team gets it, that was the big oh, controversial rule. That's, that was that's everyone was freaking rule. out over there. None of the rules of the game make any sense. Like, obviously, yeah, I'm yes. from Philadelphia. I'm from the United States. I grew up watching this sport, so I know it quite well. Whereas I would meet people in college who didn't grow up in the country, just international students. And they had absolutely no idea how the game goes on because it doesn't actually make any sense. No, and the NFL mm-hmm. is like actively hostile to you trying to learn how yes. to play football. Yeah, there's uh, there's been controversies. I I didn't include uh, cut for time. The holding's not a real penalty. Stop calling it slide. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, but, it reminds me in this fashion Schrodinger's of the way holding. the Democratic Party uh, sp- uh, approaches policy. Mm. Um, <laughs> Totally incomprehensible. You're not supposed to. You have to, to be go through this certain it. number of colleges in order to like be in it, and yes. if you don't do that, then fuck you. Yes, pretty much. That's, I mean, the that's rule our book, political humor for the night. The the rule book is genuinely <laughs> incomprehensible. No one knows what a catch is. Uh, there's instant replay, which doesn't fucking help. Uh, it actually makes things referee. worse. Even it does. It does. If you want to do computer-assisted replay, you should have 15 seconds to make a determination. And if you don't, the refs get shot. <laughs> just doing doing the like stuff that they say the DPRK does, where you're just like shooting up guys with anti-aircraft guns. Yeah, and I would actually do that. Listen, I yeah. have had to sit through one too many like Bills Colts games. <laughs> I, you I'm t- replaced the flying camera on those series of. Um, uh, cables over the over the uh, field with a machine gun. 
<laughs> yeah, but crucially, it is autonomous. Like the machine gun is not under anyone's control. No, it's a turret from Portal. It's yeah, all, it's already <laughs> it's already a violent sport. Let's uh let's let's just cut to the chase here. Yeah, I don't think referees <laughs> are real people. Oh, they're all lawyers. <laughs> fuck them. They're not. They're uh, not human beings. Yeah. They're subhuman to me. Uh, who, who who invented the game of football? Well, so the game itself goes back to actually 1867 when my alma mater, Rutgers University, beat Princeton University nine to seven. Uh, actually, it was 1870, the first ever college football game. But it doesn't look like anything you would see now. No forward passes. It was a lot more like rugby. Um, mm. But because we won the war, we have the better sport. <laughs> uh, so the NFL itself is founded in 1920 at a Hupmobile dealership in Canton, Ohio. A Hupmobile? Yeah, they don't make what's those a, anymore. What's a, what's a Hupmobile? Uh, it's a kind of car. I should have Probably included like a, a guy named like Irving Hupp or something just invented a car. Because like Oldsmobile was a guy Bobby called Hupp. Olds. Yeah. Bobby Hupp. Yeah, uh, if you want to look, you can look up Hupmobiles on the internet. Uh, oh, I was too busy finding the No Fun Lee graphic. Why is it in the Harry Potter font, though? Uh, I don't know. I don't ask questions anymore. I just steal stuff <laughs> off the internet, and yeah, uh, we just we just perceive because, stuff. We just let it watch. The rules of the NFL are almost as arcane as Quidditch. They, mm. No, Quidditch is easier to understand. There's catches in Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, and in Quidditch, <laughs> there's only two genders. You don't have to get your, your both feet down to throw the quaffle or whatever. Man, a, a Hupmobile looks like a surprisingly elegant car for something that sounds like it would not be. What are the advanced pretty... analytics in Quidditch? You just go for the snitch the entire time. <laughs> you go for like oh, the Quidditch saber metrics. What are the saber metrics? Quidditch moneyball. Just all seekers. I was about to say, if you got the best seeker, you can get that game done in like two minutes. Yeah. They must be terrible for television. Put Patrick Mahomes at seeker. Yeah, you put Patrick Mahomes, Jadavon Cloudy still runs him over somehow. <laughs> I fucking, I'm so tired of Jadavon Cloudy existing. Uh, so I want to bring up a specific team. Uh, the Pottsville Maroons, who were kicked out of the early NFL because of an unauthorized exhibition game, which, which, okay, so let me explain. Back in the early days of American football, the teams were not in the cities you'd think of today. They were in places like Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And, like, weird Midwestern towns like that. The only, um, the only team that uh, survives... Liam, from, uh, uh, in support of the theory that Philadelphia is Midwestern. Pottsville is, no, Pottsville's a coal belt, but shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only one that survives is the Green Bay Packers, Roz's favorite team. Because uh, they're because they're fan owned. They are fan owned. Mm -hmm. uh, That's communism. So <laughs> communism is when you throw the football, and the more you throw the football, the more communism it is. Yeah, no, communism is you run the ball like an adult. You, you, <laughs> we have to establish a run. See, it's easy to establish a run game when you have an O line, but as we'll get to, the Eagles stubbornly refuse to have one. Roz, you played right guard for like three games last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of genuinely one of my favorite recurring bits is that all of us have been drafted into the Eagles at some point. It, yes. That O line was That's... atrocious this year. Establishing the runs like trying to fix the deficit. 
just don't worry <laughs> about it. It's all fake. <laughs> I uh, I always I always do love on a side note the coaches that like decide they have to establish a run when it's like midway through the third quarter, and they finally like got back to page one of their script. And they're like, oh shit, <laughs> we, we should we should probably do something about this run defense. So the uh the Pottsville Maroons uh were kicked out of the league during the early days because of an unauthorized exhibition game. But that's because the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, who would sort of kind of eventually become the Eagles, uh were mad they were stealing glory from them because the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets had signed up to play that exhibition game in the first place. And then the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets and a long and proud history of Philadelphia fans not being able to let things go, tattled on the league, got the Pottsville Maroons kicked out, uh, and now and, and now on to the championship. So was this um, was this like early days of baseball where they're like company teams? No, or was really. it all like city teams, or was <laughs> it all like you had these weird melds of like semi-professional teams? Uh, because at the time, college ball was thought to be superior. So, like, as an example, like, the, the Chicago Bears, the most dominant team in the early days of the NFL, got, on average, like, a sixth of the attendance of the Army-Navy game. Like, the Army-Navy game was regularly attracting 60,000, 70,000 people, and Bears games might get 10,000, usually less than that, usually around 7,500. Mm. Oh, and speaking to your point about them being from, like, different towns, the Bears were started in, like, Decatur. Yes, they did. Uh, and like, it's weird because you get all these, these shitty little, I, I've always found this interesting because I think a lot of people culturally think of football as sort of a Southern sport, but if you look at where the league started, it's all the Northeast and into mm. the Midwest. And I've always found it interesting how you get this, like college football is a religion down South, but the first game ever played was between Rutgers university and Princeton university. I, I will also point out, just as an aside, that the first professional American football player was named Pudge Heffelfinger. Yes. All, all pudgy hefts. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're also talking about a game where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't really look like today's game in that you basically have no forward passing and everyone's trying to do the old run style of three yards in a cloud of dust. So you're talking super low scoring games. Uh, I think it kind of goes without saying that there's no safety equipment. Guys are just basically getting paralyzed on the field, uh, which apparently is bad for the league. Who knew? Um, (laughs) A lesson that is being learned constantly every year. Yeah. uh, I always love that, that like this. So Patrick Mahomes, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, took a really brutal hit last week. And the NFL is just like, see, our concussion protocol works. Even though like two years ago, they let Jacoby Brissett from the uh, Indianapolis Colts basically get the, the doors knocked off him and then set him in on the very next snap. And it's just kind of like, no, it works for the guys you want to work it. You want it to work for. Mm. Like if it's well, like, just compare, and compare that to like something like, say, <laughs> Formula One, right, where you have an actual <laughs> demonstrable like thing that reduces the number of catastrophic brain injuries and it's just like yeah no you kind of could do something like that but you don't want to i think not wanting to is a big part of how the nfl sort of keeps itself afloat Mm. Uh, i mean we like they'll the reason like 
they have a pass interference review now is because the New Orleans Saints basically threw a temper tantrum at them. Uh, it's insane bullshit, but like, then was it was it Browns Chiefs Seamus Sh- uh, that that touchback happened on? Yes. Yeah, the, that bullshit rule Seamus was talking about that shouldn't ever exist, and yet it like it totally fucked over the Browns for a chance to like get to the NFC the AFC, cha- the AFC championship. Excuse me. So it's I mean one of the things we're gonna learn here is the NFL. I think genuinely is the most wildly inconsistent league we have. And that makes it a national treasure. Hmm. It's so, a land of contrasts. Yeah. So let's talk about the, uh, the Washington football team, uh, the most racist organization in professional sports. <laughs> and I mean, the bar is on the floor, but they still found a way to dig <laughs> under it. So you might be, you might be wondering, well, 1930, you know, the 1930s and 1940s were segregated. Now, how did the NFL handle this? Not great. Wow. So Surprising. There, there were black players uh, before 34. There weren't a ton of them, but they did exist. They did play. Um, and then in 1934, the league basically decides to segregate itself. Thanks to George Preston Marshall, who founded the Washington slur team. Uh, and then in the notes it says "boo loudly." Boo. I was about to say we're very, very Shakespearean, Shakespearean podcast. We have not not many stage directions, but they do exist. I just, dude, I hate, I just, I hate Dan Snyder. Like he's one of those dudes <laughs> who you just, I like, I'm like, I'm like ashamed you're Jewish and I'm Jewish at the same time. Uh, the Washington football team doesn't integrate. I think until 19, like 1962, and they had to be pressured because the federal government technically owned RFK Stadium. And this, the, the Washington football team was playing there. So the federal government literally had to, like, make them integrate. Uh, and George Preston Marshall didn't want any black players because his team was popular in the South. Uh, and there were also quotas and shit on black players. Uh, and I kind of, you can still see that today. Uh, there's this quarterback who plays for the Baltimore Ravens. His name is Lamar Jackson. He's exciting as hell. He's really good. Uh, and, in, and there was this sort of discussion going around that he should convert to running back rather than quarterback, even though he was really good at quarterback in college. And I've always, like, the last team to start a black quarterback would you like to guess what year that was before it's gonna be shockingly Uh, late it's 2016 it's my team the new england patriots jacoby Brissett. i was thinking i was thinking it was going to start with a 20 but like no i was just confused i was trying to do the timeline in my head with Brissett. so would he go to new uh indianapolis in 2018 yeah, he went to okay, Indianapolis after the Brady suspension when okay. Brady came back. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, I don't know, Seamus, I'm actually interested in getting your thoughts on this about if you think there's sort of a racism at quarterback, especially, but just because like there's no white cornerbacks anymore, but like black quarterbacks are still kind of few and far between. 
Yeah, Jason Seahorn, I believe, was the last white cornerback. There's some white yes. safeties still, but Jason Seahorn, who played for the Giants, unfortunately, had a couple of big playoff moments against my Eagles uh, turn of the century. But I think it's institutionalized in the sense that it's systemic and it starts at the lowest levels of football. It's not just an NFL problem. It's not just a college football problem. It's not just a draft evaluation problem where you have, you know, these boomers running the league, seeing Lamar Jackson, you know, throw for 50 yards, 50 touchdowns in college and run for 25 more and saying, well, he's fast. He should play wide receiver. It starts at the lowest levels of football. We're saying, oh, this kid's fast. He must play a skill position that's not necessarily quarterback. That is for the specific, you know, white player, this you know, all American kid. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Cause I'm thinking about sort of like the Eagles when they, when they took on Mike Vick and how it sort of gave them the shot in the arm they hadn't had. And they had had Donovan. Historically had a lot of black quarterbacks. Yeah. I was going to talk about that in the Andy Reid slide. Uh, Cause that Andy Reid, I think gives chances to players. No one else would uh, even bother giving a chance to. I, yeah. I just want to make sure we're on the same page because this is an engineering disasters podcast, which a bunch of nerds listen to. <laughs> what is what is a quarterback? What is a cornerback? Oh, we had to. Um, just, I sure. didn't know we had to go that. Gosh, oh, we, we got we to <laughs> John Madden this. We got time. Yeah, we're gonna have to John Madden this. Let me, let, me, let me put a let me put the line of scrimmage right here. Um, All right, uh, I'll do. Uh, I'll do quarterback, Seamus. You want to take corner? Sure. Well, I think it makes more sense if you go first with quarterback, and then I can explain cornerback. All right. So quarterback is the guy who sort of, by and large, captains the team. He's responsible for setting plays up. He's responsible for getting his team down the field during those sets of downs we talked about. So he throws the ball or can give it to a running back, and they advance the ball downfield. I I remember a That's dreadful beautiful. a dreadful <laughs> article that said in the game of politics there's one quarterback and that's the president. So if you want to be a nerd just reverse engineer that. In the game of football <laughs> there's one president and it's the quarterback. Yeah, he's I hate to say the most important player, but he is the most important player. It's the most important position in sports, essentially the yeah. most powerful position. As for cornerback, if, if you are the quarterback, you can uh, yeah. you can command any baseball team. Baseball, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, who is your commanding quarterback? <laughs> uh, we uh, well, the Eagles don't know at the moment, but uh, Captain Jalen Hurts <laughs> uh, reporting for duty, sir. Uh, I could also play outfielder because anyone with the poles could play outfielder. Uh, <laughs> All right, and so uh, in addition to the quarterback, there's uh, receivers who catch the ball and advance downfield, running backs who by and large run the ball downfield. Uh, there's guards, which is what Roz plays. Uh, uh, they're responsible sure, for yes. making sure the quarterback doesn't die when the defense comes at him. And then there's, uh, there's also uh, tight ends, which are sort of a mixture of guards and receivers. And the cornerback is the guy who runs around the field against those receivers, those pass catchers to prevent the quarterback and the offense from 
moving the ball down the field. So the quarterback throws up the ball, the receiver, the cornerback is right there with him, tries to swat it away, tries to catch it himself and give his own team possession. Very hard, maybe the hardest position other than quarterback to play because you're defending, you're guarding, you're covering, however you want to say it. The fastest players in the league who are wide receivers, and you have to keep up with them as they're running at you and you're running backwards. So really almost an impossible task in a pass-happy league where the rules are oriented to have big offenses, offensive explosions, scoring power, because that, that draws audience viewers. It brings excitement. So the, the whole game is sort of against cornerbacks. So really, you need to be an uber-level athlete to excel at the position. That's weird. Alice played corner uh, for, the, for the Eagles week three and That's four right. of the season. <laughs> <laughs> she was not very good, folks. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. that's that's the estrogen for you. Like, ever since President Biden decided to start letting trans people do sports now, <laughs> you'd, you'd think that we would just dominate it, but no. No, it doesn't help that you're 5'7 and just get run over by every receiver in the league. What do you mean? Just playing for the Patriots. Meds and then. Yeah. <laughs> just go beast mode, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like, the thing is, though, like, yeah, I'm 5'7, but that's a low center of gravity, and also I'm very overweight, so. Congratulations, no. you play running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, there's you're some short far guys. Off. You're not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> running around the field in platform cleats <laughs> Costanza right. style so now, the, so now that we've explained the rules at least somewhat uh, next slide please yep this is what it used to look like folks the good old days <laughs> when men were men and could smoke cigarettes before again the no fun league took remember what they took from us so yeah, the, that's halftime well. of the Super Bowl yeah, that's <laughs> imagine in two that's weeks, the- Tom Brady, they're down by seven to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. There are millions and millions and millions of people watching all over the world. And Tom and Tom Brady is just ripping a sig in the line. Just ripping heaters. On like a shitty folding chair, which is like so good. Yeah, so this is uh, the largest problem with sports. They're too competitive now. You can't smoke while you, you can't smoke while you're doing them. The only like the only what the the only playable sport anymore, obviously, is professional bowling. Um, if you could let, eat let's while not you forget play about it, it's gaming. not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, let's not think about like Starcraft. You can probably smoke while you're doing that. Uh, can you? you no, you can't. You, can, you need hands. You oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, unless you've rigged up some sort of elaborate smoking contraption. You just have a you have somebody to like smoke for you. You have like a some holder. Kid. You have a holder like you're in the, you're a 19 1920s 30s uh, Parisian woman. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I, know, guess, I guess maybe like you could come in and replace the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, or, or like you could do it with like a a cigar or like a pipe maybe. You could play StarCraft, I think. In like a pinstripe suit. Don't buy a yeah. pinstripe suit. You're not the Yankees. You don't need to do that. <laughs> no, pinstripe suits have, have this like weird cursed thing where everybody who like wears a suit thinks they'll look good in one, and then never ever happens. I have a pinstripe suit. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. 
Oh, I've never seen you, you wear know it. What? You know what? I no, I've never actually worn it except because oh. <laughs> um, I had a, I had a gray flannel one and a black one. I wore the gray one for public sector job interviews, and the uh, the the black one for private sector interviews. <laughs> Got to keep that sort of sense of powder. Yes, exactly. So this uh, this suit cannot be like befouled with commerce. Yeah, it, well, you it's, know, it's like they, your they toga you, candida. They give you three suits for the price of one at Joseph A. Bank. So you know, <laughs> so that was what you, you were thought, doing. You, 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 you thought you'd like cut out and you know get a get a pinstripe one for the third one. Yeah, exactly. What I realized is I should get an olive one. If I got an academic uh, oh. job interview, mm. yeah, no, he's, I realized what, what that after field, the fact. What field would you interview for in a pinstripe suit? Casino ownership. Working for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I had a job interview with the Eagles out of college, and I didn't get the job, and I've been salty ever since. Mm. What's the position? Uh, it was analytics. They oh. they ended up hiring some fuck from Penn, as opposed to me, good Temple boy. Penn is the worst fucking school of all time. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a garbage school for garbage people. Yeah, it only took me like six and a half years to get out of there. Oh, sorry, Seamus. <laughs> oh my god, should have gone to Temple, Seamus. I I, I, I sympathize yeah. as someone who took a gentleman's term at Drexel. You did. Um, <laughs> I was five and a half, not six and a half. That's fine. I was five and a half as well. I was five and a half. Too. <laughs> the, the real, the real power move is to take five and then drop out. That's the real. I know somebody who like, did that. My old friends. Yeah, uh, me. Oh, Alice. Uh, <laughs> I know two people who've done that. Then that's right. All right. So the NFL. There are. I wanted to talk briefly about other leagues, and we have one on the next slide too. So the NFL is sort of the dominant professional sports, uh, professional football league for its entire existence. But in the 1960s, there are a rival league called the AFL starts. They get a bunch of big names. and They have a ton of money. Those two leagues eventually merge and they have the Super Bowl. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in in case you're wondering where the Super Bowl comes from. It's because originally the AFL and NFL played each other. Uh, and then they merged into the NFL. The AFL was the American Football League, not the American Federation of Labor. Uh, mm. There have been other also sort of important. upstart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say uh, the, uh, the what's his face, um, the guy that the 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 guy who hated communists. What's his name? That does not narrow that down. No, not McCarthy. McCarthy. The the, <laughs> the AFL guy. Uh, Tech um, Shrank. No, no, no. It was um Tech Shram something. Some, something with a G in it. Oh, um Look, American football guy who hates communism. Again. No, I was thinking American Federation, a labor guy who hates communism. Oh, um Samuel Samuel something. Gompertz. Gompertz, yes. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, we got there in the end. All right. <laughs> anyway, having completely derailed this once again. That's okay. Yo, you have a Samuel Gompertz? Yeah, I did, you know, every once in a while I think about Samuel Gompers and I just He's feel with mad. Rage. Yeah. So there are other leagues. Uh, most recently, there was the Association of American Football, which was a spring league. Uh, so not playing when the NFL does. The NFL plays fall through winter. 
uh, and then it imploded because it had no money. Speaking of money, next slide, please. Oh, what yeah. if we made football <laughs> yes. epic? I, yeah, honestly, though, yeah. I, Roz and I, I went I, to an XFL game last year or two to, years ago. Go, it was it was around this time last year, actually, because yeah. the first go around of the XFL. Yeah, we you should the mention the USFL of the Washington for Trump Defenders. reasons. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell that story? I don't have that in here. Did he try to buy a, a quick team one. or the whole? Yeah, go for he it. Did, he owned a team. Uh, Donald Trump was one of the owners of the New York slash New Jersey Generals, I believe, of the of the USFL, which came out in, I think, 84, 85, 83, 86 range. They ran about for three seasons. Philadelphia, they were the Philadelphia Stars. Philadelphia was actually the best team in that league because Philadelphia excels in all football leagues, the Arena League. USFL besides the NFL. They competed in the spring opposite of the NFL, obviously, in the fall. And just like the AFL in the 60s, they had a ton of capital come in. They were paying huge contracts to college stars like Reggie White, who ended up being a Hall of Fame player for the Eagles, but played in the USFL for a little bit. Steve Young, who became a Hall of Fame quarterback for San Francisco 49ers, but played in the USL for a bit. Herschel Walker was considered one of the best college players of all time. Signed a huge deal with the USFL. And then Donald Trump, as he wrestled more power within uh, the USFL overall, the United States Football League, uh, finally saying what the acronym is, tried to move the sport to the fall. And when going against the NFL, inevitably, that was a disaster. And so eroded the USFL. There is actually a great ESPN 30 for 30 documentary called Who Killed the USFL that I recommend checking out. Obviously, features the 45th president quite prominently. Are you suggesting that he uh, was not successful in this in one of venture? his many deals? Yeah. yeah. And then he tried to later buy the Buffalo Bills on Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Shit. I can't say he's the president anymore because the president is Joe Biden now. The, the, the Donald Trump was not successful in a business measure. My God, can you imagine? orange man, as they say, bad orange man, bad orange man, not We're good at bad. business. I can say that much. <laughs> no, I've been to his failed uh, casino real uh, sale. So yeah, let's taking talk us all the way back to Liam's van about yes. the XFL. So this was a joint venture between. <laughs> The WWE <laughs> and NBC. Yeah. So it was like, this was just, I remember being like nine years old and just shitting my pants. I was so excited. Players yeah, can I mean, do. It was going to be like chaos mode, right? It like, it was going to be like football, but with, with like with, with like pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon <laughs> would push a button and then like a third team would be added to the scoreboard and attempt to <laughs> score points like at a 90 degree angle. Because <laughs> well, originally Vince McMahon wanted to buy the Canadian Football League uh, and that was unsuccessful. And they had rules like, Players could like pick their own, uh, like the name on the back of the jersey, yeah, which is they why did. we got the Spike Lee movie. She hate me. Yeah, and he he oh genius. Uh, we like there was a human coin toss where instead of a normal coin toss, players just scrambled for the ball, and that <laughs> determined possession. Like punting was basically forbidden. Uh, so Good. there was all off. All offense, I know. 
all offense all the time. And basically that's what the NFL is now, whether or not they want to admit it, they always wanted to be the XFL. I will die on this hill. Uh, but no one watched it because it sucked. <laughs> uh, Except Spike Lee, apparently. Yeah, and like Vince McMahon brought it back and then the pandemic killed it. And UPN wanted too much money to run the games and so it folded after one season. But we got a lot of actual innovations out of like extra points. The XFL introduced new camera angles that the NFL wasn't using. So like the NFL... And it's infinite glory just sort of poaches good ideas from other leagues and adds them and then makes them worse. Which is very funny because that's the exact trajectory that Vince McMahon took uh, WWE on. So, you know, a turn about fair play. I do think, just as a side and a personal rant, punting should be banned. Mm. Like, if you, you should have to go for it wherever 4th and 15 is. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you have to commit seppuku in the locker room. I have a question. Yes. Would the XFL have made it past one season this time around if the pandemic had not happened? I honestly think it would have. They had so much money, but uh, they the USFL had so much money and the AFL had so much money. But I think- also Donald Trump was tied up in being president and running the United States into the ground. As yeah, this was the one time you could have done it without him doing this. I mean, yes. I think a lot of it is that, like, I don't think there are very many people who are exclusively football fans, and when there's any other sport on, will simply say, no, I don't want to watch that. I'll go make a pie. Mm. I, think- I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a, a line here that we can draw along with Major League Soccer, right? In that, like, an alternative to the NFL is something that people keep trying and will probably keep trying forever, but it's just like the dog that doesn't bark, right? I, I believe that to be basically true, yeah. What I think is interesting about the MLS model is that like the league owned it, owned the teams for the first yes. you know, decade or so, and that without the ups and downs that come with different ownership groups flaming out back and forth, changing owners, it brought at least a low level of stability, even though they were taking losses in the red. You know, there's just they need the capital that comes from these new owners to fund these new leagues. But I think that was just one angle that made the MLS have some baseline for success. Uh, when it came about after the 94 World Cup. And I think that's why it's still, you know, relatively speaking, a successful league to this day. Mm. Uh, it's worth noting that the XFL owned all the franchises as yeah. well. The original one did at least. Oh, okay. Uh, what yeah. the hell were the XFL teams? Because I like, I'm aware of players, but like, uh, no I'll Philly give you an teams. example the Birmingham Barons. Originally, or I think they changed it because they were the Birmingham Blast originally. And, you know, Birmingham, Alabama has a history Ooh. of blasts. So they had to change yeah. it to the Birmingham Thunderbolts. Yeah, they would, they would go with, um, they, 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 they had very aggressive names. The Orlando that, but... Rage, the Chicago Enforcers, the New York slash New Jersey Hitmen, <laughs> the Los Angeles Extreme, the San Francisco Demons. The my the Memphis Maniacs spelled with an X for some reason, and the Las Love Vegas it. Outlaws, uh, the Philadelphia Bombers. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least Eagles comes from a good place. Pittsburgh Strike Breakers. <laughs> <laughs> so I also wanted to touch on the NFL, uh, NFL Europe. 
which was sort of the oh, NFL's boy. first crack at a developmental league. It sucked and it lost thirty million a year. Next slide, oh, please. Oh yeah, they they keep oh, trying God. to make uh, they keep they trying to get Europeans into American football. They did give us Kurt Warner yeah. on the screen throwing a ball not entirely well is a man named Kendall Hinton. This man had not played quarterback since he was in high school. This year, he had to start an NFL game at quarterback. So let's talk about everyone's favorite slide, the controversy slide. Uh, the notes I have are that everyone got COVID, the Ravens died, the Broncos had to play without a quarterback, the Browns had to play coachless, the fans are going to die, the refing sucks, the games suck, no one knows how to wear a mask. Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that's about Fuck right. the Cowboys. The, the NFL, I, I wanted to spend a good amount of time devoted to the NFL's response to COVID, which has been truly dreadful. Uh, I, I, I do want to go. We're not allowed to watch NFL games in person here in Philadelphia. Not that it matters, but the NFL has done, I think, not the genuinely worst job at imaginable because that would be the NBA right now. But making teams play when they don't have quarterbacks, rescheduling games to the middle of the week, all sorts of schedule shuffling. Yeah, it's the kind what, of shit that they would previously only have done if the players were striking. Yeah, it's, it's yes. I don't. Yeah, it feels like an illegitimate season. Uh, the players were allowed to opt out, but as we talk, as I think I've talked about the idea of the same thing it is in college ball, where a lot of these kids felt pressured to play because they don't know when they're going to get their shot. Keep in mind, a lot of these dudes are making the league minimum, which is around $350,000, and the average NFL career is like 3.3 years at this point. Mm -hmm. So, In the course of which you will certainly get CTE. You will get CTE. You will demolish your body into tiny little pieces. Yeah, the CTE rate on uh, examined players who played professionally is 99%. You will get CTE playing pro football. It's 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 not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Well, it's like boxers, right? Like, you know boxers are just gonna go, it's just how long they last before they do, so... Yeah. Uh, Seamus, if I could get your opinion on how you think the NFL's handled COVID, I'd love to hear it. The fans in the stands don't make any sense. There were a Correct. few games yeah. where they were allowed in Philadelphia, obviously not full capacity, it was, you know, right. they would say one-tenth, but that includes the players, the coaches, the personnel, the assistants, the, you know, the snake GM upstairs in the top booth, all of those things. And as we went on with the season, even though Pennsylvania restricted and you weren't allowed to play or have fans in games in Pennsylvania with Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and then you saw in, in this, the county of Santa Clara and San Francisco, they just didn't allow spring events at all. So for the last couple of games of the regular season, the San Francisco 49ers played their home games at the stadium of the Arizona Cardinals, one of their divisional rivals. So they were playing, that's like if the Eagles had to play some of their games and the Cowboys stadium. Craziness. But then as you see in the playoffs or in the last weeks of the season, you know, week 17, uh, Cleveland played Pittsburgh. It felt like the entire Cleveland stadium was full. Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City Stadium, uh, where the Chiefs play, they're still in the playoffs. They will have a home game this upcoming Sunday. Uh, the AFC Championship game, the game who determines who goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, it feels like they've been at capacity all season. Yeah, it does. It feels it. It, it certainly felt like, and I, I'm not sure if Bills fans were allowed because it does depend by state 
I know the yeah. Bills were talking about letting letting fans in, but it was very yeah, low it's for still, the Bills. It wasn't it wasn't right. close to what we've seen in Cleveland or Kansas City. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's I and I, I know this is just anecdotal, but I watch games and they, they'll cut to the stands and just no one's fucking wearing their masks. No, and no, like, no. I know you're outside, but like that just even if you if you have to go take a leak, like you're awfully close to a lot of people who have been drinking and this doesn't seem like a good idea. And like they made the Broncos play. The NFL refused to reschedule the game. So the Broncos just basically had to take an L. Uh, I put they took a, a put a what a practice squad wide receiver in a quarterback, and he sucked. But of course he was going to suck. Like so, you're basically like that's a team that's automatically taking a loss because you have decided that like you are going to trudge on with this season no matter how unwatchable it is. And just the sanctity of the schedule became such a disaster where you're having teams play, you know, the NFL typically uh, most games are on Sundays, just trying to explain it at a novice level. Almost every game is on Sunday. Typically there is one game that comes on a Monday night primetime, the biggest game of the week, Monday night football. And then also in the last handful, half dozen of years, they've made a Thursday night football game where one team or each team plays on Thursday night, at least once during the season, 16 games, uh, for each team, 32 teams in the league, 17 weeks with a bye week. So every team plays on Thursday. But the issue this season is, hey, this team has COVID. Their quarterback has COVID. Let's push. The, we can't cancel that game outright or push it back or let them play without their star quarterback because that would hurt ratings. So now we're pushing a game that was supposed to happen on Sunday to Monday. And we're having double headers in Monday football. We're pushing games back to Tuesday. There was Wednesday afternoon football this year. Which did it was kind unfair of rule, to. But, well, <laughs> I loved it from a fan perspective, of an objective perspective, of someone who wants to consume as much football as possible and have that carry me through the week. <laughs> but from the, yes. besides all the obvious health restrictions and the insanity of it, you were having situations where teams were playing on you know four days rest and then having like a week and a half, almost two weeks off after that, and it just made for the most hectic NFL scheduling I've seen that probably hasn't happened since. Uh, the strike season in 1987. Yeah, that, no, you're absolutely right. It's the, the NFL. I think and one of the one of the big criticisms I have of it as a fan is that the NFL sort of views itself as this sacrosanct American institution uh, that nothing is allowed to disturb or alter, and you get the sort of arrogance of no, we're just going to plow through ahead, and then you get some. Some of the games this year were some of the worst games I've ever watched of professional football. Listen, I can't I've, hear you over the shit. immense fly past uh, by, for no fucking reason. Oh, we're going to get there. That's actually in the next slide. Hey, keep politics yeah, out of giving you a segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about CTE real briefly. CTE sure. is uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's what happens essentially when you get concussed a whole bunch. Uh, and it happens, they, the research on this is fairly new, but the NFL has known or had known for a number of years that players were sort of either killing themselves, dropping dead in their 40s, going nuts, any sort of thing, uh, and then covered up the research and actively called it into question uh, because they were afraid of the repercussions. Uh, this game is literally deadly. 
you mm-hmm. you might not die on the field, but you will get CTE and die early at some point. CTE also, you might still die on the field. Like it is you possible. Might. You still. Might. CTE uh, can make you angry, mood swings, psychoses, all sorts of unpleasant stuff. There are, yeah, uh, Aaron Hernandez, the New England Patriots tight end who was convicted of killing two people, uh, had CTE according to his examination on his brain. Uh, I think of Junior Seau. Seau, who, yeah, Junior Seau, yeah, who's a Hall of Fame player for the San Diego Chargers, who. Uh, was having these these symptoms of psychosis, mood swings, uh, all of these kind of mental onset that comes with these repeated brain injuries, and it's it's tragic in a way that not to speak of all of these players who have it, but for him specifically, where he clearly knew something was wrong, and he ended up you know as a, as a graphic or trigger warning, um, taking his own life, but he again graphic warning, uh, shooting himself in the chest to leave his brain available for studying because of CTE. Like that's how dark of a turn it takes for these players and their post-playing career. And keep in mind, I want to talk about sort of labor relations too. I'm in you have a lot more you have a lot more in common with these players. Again, veteran like some of these guys, yes, are making like a hundred million. The vast majority are not. The vast majority are making less than that. The average NFL career is three years. And remember that these guys have done nothing but play football. I got maybe a degree from a university that's worth jack shit because all they were doing was playing football. And the co- as we covered in the college episode, you know, the uh, th- the colleges are all too happy to give them the piece of paper if it means the revenue comes in. Um, yeah, we should talk about, I think, the NFL's labor relations i don't necessarily have that on a slide but Seamus, if you want to go go ahead and talk about i guess the fact that these owners and i've talked about i talk about the stadium schemes in a bit but the fact that these owners will sort of you know cry poor i you know oh we can't give this guy this contract that happened to uh former indianapolis colts quarterback uh andrew luck basically retired from the game super early i think 27 28 years old after being a star because he had just taken too many hits. And one of the excuses the Indianapolis Colts trotted out was that they couldn't pay for a good uh, offensive line or O-line to protect him because they had spent so much on his contract, which of course is bullshit. And I think it just engineers, the it just not engineers, but illustrates the cynicism these owners operate under and are just perfectly happy sending these guys to an early grave in exchange for the revenue. Yeah, the NFL by far, and the four we say the four major professional sports are the NFL football, MLB baseball, NBA basketball, and NHL hockey. Uh, the NFL by far has the the weakest players union. Whereas you'll see in basketball and baseball, say baseball player A signs a five year contract worth one hundred and twenty five million dollars, he's getting every cent of that. An NBA player signs a deal for four years worth. $90 million, that player is getting every cent of that. An NFL player instead might sign a contract that is, again, five years, $95 million. He's not seeing all that $95 million. Contracts aren't fully guaranteed in the NFL. Players can be cut willy-nilly for an injury or poor performance. Um, you know, It might end up being you know, players sign these gigantic contracts that look gaudy and then they're able to get cut after just a year or two without clear financial implications or 
issues for those teams and franchises that had signed into that deal. What makes that terrible, besides just the you know overall labor slant of it, is that the NFL is by far the most gruesome of the four professional sport, four major professional sports in North America, where they're sustaining all of these life-threatening, literally, injuries while playing, and they're not even seeing all the money that they are supposed to get during the length of any contract. Yeah, the I, that's that's brilliant. I actually I don't have anything to add to that. That was fucking perfect. Uh, next slide, please. Yes. America. You like how it's the jets, but there's helicopters flying overhead. Those are good. Those have got turbines on them, don't they? It's fine. It still counts. Oh, if a black hole does not have turbines on it, do not tell me. Okay. Uh, so the NFL gets money from the federal government to do these flyovers. Mm-hmm. And just as an illustration of where your tax money is going, these are one big recruiting tool. So obviously American imperialism is wrapped up in this. Uh, they, you know, will send players to the games, which is whatever, fine. I don't give a shit about that. Well, like the flyovers and all this and rolling out the flags, the NFL is actually paid to do this, which is ridiculous. They should do it for free. <laughs> at the very least because they don't pay taxes I think yes. what they should do is they can still do all of the recruiting stuff but they have to put the same spawn con thing that YouTubers do on so like <laughs> if, if you click the affiliate link to enlist in the US Army we get some money I like they, should, that. Uh, they, they should make Nate do the, uh, the <laughs> recruiting video hey yes. it's a bad idea to join the army but you could do it if you wanted to <laughs> he's 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 on one these days. I appreciate it. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about the national anthem controversy. So, a few years ago, I don't remember the exact year. Uh, Colin Kaepernick starts after talking to some soldiers and talking to some other people. Starts kneeling for the anthem as a protest of police brutality. Uh, yeah. The NFL promptly shits its pants. Unlike you snowflakes, I'm not so easily triggered. Uh, why, why man not stand song? Down, down goes the Hindenburg. Yeah. <laughs> and is... like Colin Kaepernick being frozen out, uh, I mean, like, as we've said, it's not like anybody needs an extremely talented quarterback right now. Nobody's, n- no quarterback shaped holes in anybody's uh, football team. We have Jalen Hurts. He's going to be fine or he's going to suck. He, yeah, he's going to be fine or he's going to suck. But we're de- what we're definitely not going to do is it's hire Colin Kaepernick. He'd like genuinely been as close that. to fucking unpersoned as it's possible to be in America, short of being like assassinated by the FBI. Yeah, he got yeah. blackballed by the league, and the league has sort of said, "No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't." didn't and then sort that. of acknowledged Not that us. they did. They had, a, um, they had a trial or hearing for it. Yes, mm-hmm. and I believe there wasn't like a document saying. You know, the, the standard of evidence being basically a document saying don't fucking hire this guy. But you look at him and Ed Reed, another prominent player uh, who who didn't Justin stand Reed. for the anthem. Justin Reed, thank you. Uh, who didn't stand for the for the national anthem 
very talented uh, player, and he got frozen out too, and then was sort of given a, a one-year shitty deal. Uh, this this is sort of you know it's it's not a huge thing, but this is sort of a microcosm of America's culture war, and I wanted to talk about the idea that like it's it like again when you see someone like Colin Kaepernick kneeling or or something like that yeah i know he's been in nike ads but keep in mind you have a lot more in common with colin kaepernick than you do with as an example texans owner bob mcnair who said we can't have inmates running the asylum when players were protesting for uh against police brutality and wanted sort of a more inclusive racially diverse space that sort of thing you should Mm. be pissed off when an owner fucking says that because what he sees his his players as you can make the connection. Yes. Like the, the, the bro tip, uh, see your players as people, not as prisoners or as assets or just these yeah. intangible things to be traded away when you don't like them anymore. As the Texans have nuked themselves. <clears throat> uh, next slide, please. Just wanted to point out this nice Hess advertisement here. Get a tiny truck for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I do like the Hess truck. Tiny, I love. I I I used to get a Hess truck every year when I was Me a too. kid, and I don't anymore because I'm an adult and I don't buy them. It's a mistake. I should just start doing it again. Yeah, you should just stop <laughs> buying them. Should just, just start buying Hess trucks. Yeah, just become Shit. one of those one of those guys who just buys stuff because you like it. Just get back into Probably Lego. You have fucking... money, you could do it. Shit. Yeah. yeah, I could get back into Lego. That'd be. A good I don't know idea. if we have that much money. <laughs> subscribe, to, subscribe to the Patreon, please. Also, subscribe, subscribe to the to, Patreon so I can buy a bunch of Lego. Also, subscribe to Seamus' Patreon so he can play Legos with us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, if you're listening to this, you're you're already subscribed to ours. Unless you're not, in which case, subscribe immediately so that we can fucking we know play you Legos. Stole it, just yes. Don't be yeah. so obvious just about we, it. In the we want to play the Legos. All right. So you're probably wondering why is Seed for Fear and Loathing is here. I was pretty proud of this. Uh, so I wanted to talk about stadium schemes. Uh, yeah. There's there's numerous books on this. There's a great website I'll, I'll link. I forgot to include it in the notes. Uh, about how publicly financed stadium deals are, as one can guess, a total fucking ripoff. Uh, I have an example here. The former Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders uh, play in a stadium that cost $1.9 billion. Las Vegas is smaller than Hartford, Connecticut and Palm (laughs) Beach, Florida. They got 700. Bring back the Whalers. Bring back the Whalers. Yes. Oh, the fucking Canes. Aren't there uh, a ton of stadiums, stadia? Uh, that like exist because teams just got bored in their old ones and just like oh we just got a new one this year and then the year after that like oh we'll do it again yeah there was a nice nice U-shaped one in South Philly they demolished I think that was like um, JFK must have been the Fed it was like the the, the really old style one yeah it was kind of like Coliseum almost like in a bowl yes the veteran stadium yeah that got demolished 2003. Oh, God. I, yeah, because it was like, you know, you should have just should have just kept that one. You know, there's something about a nice old-fashioned style stadium, which is, you know, it's nice to have. If the Eagles were serious, if the Eagles were serious, they could play all their games at uh, at Penn. They used to. 
Which, which yeah, that's a different like good old fashioned style stadium. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so this included seven hundred fifty million dollars in public funding, partially paid for by hotel taxes, partially paid for in a bond, uh, and another two hundred million in infrastructure improvements. By which, of course, I mean roads. Uh, and possibly, I don't know, the Elon Musk pod thing, Las Vegas. Oh, hell yeah, about. I remember, yeah. Yes. Now, if you're in, let's say, you move to a new stadium, right? You, you've got your football team, you go 7-9, because Derek Carr kind of sucks, uh, and you play in a stadium where the city has said, oh, we'll just collect hotel taxes. Now, imagine there's something like, I don't know, a global pandemic. <laughs> which hypothetically reduces, hypothetically which reduces the ability of people to come to your garbage oasis in the desert uh and now you're gonna be doing that for 30 years oasis implies the abundance of water which las vegas have you seen really the bellagio fountain has. have you seen yeah. the bellagio fountain mm, yeah that's not tell me that's not Ven- an abundance the venetian not potable. Is it the Venetian? God damn it, Seamus. No, the, no, the, no, the, the Venetian has that. Has you, could go on, you could go on the gondola rides in the Venetian. <laughs> it's not potable water. It's You're not, not potable What the hell's wrong with it? You don't uh, want to know. You do not want to know the answer to that question. It's probably all gray water that came out of the uh, hotel sinks. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so they're not even collecting rent on this stadium. Oh my like, god. It's it's that sort of thing. And just like again, this has happened all over the country. As an example, the city of Cincinnati had to sell a public hospital to pay for the Bengals stadium. The Bengals well, suck it. ass. At least the Bengals yeah. hit up their end, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck oh, god. god. Paul Brown is the worst fucking owner in sports. Uh I don't know. I I just again, like talking about engineering disasters. Uh, it's this sort of thing, this misappropriation of public funds. When the Braves' new stadium was built, Cobb County, oh, which is oh where the God. new stadium is, oh, the park thing, where they where they took money uh, from a fund that was designated to build parks as part of the agreement for building the stadium, and it's use it instead to on it. use it instead hey, to improve the stadium. Park. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. My question: How and there much? Was, like, no vote on it. If you had to, and excuse me for this, ballpark this, what percentage of this is just straight up naked corruption? Uh, very high 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Soldier Field in Chicago, when they uh, expanded that, that was one of the first buildings ever to be delisted from the National Register of Historic Places. It was like, yeah, this, this place has been irrevocably. Ir- 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 altered by yeah. this shitty addition. <laughs> I mean, it's... They just put a flying saucer on top of this neoclassical building. <laughs> a lot of the owners have clauses built into these stadium contracts where they can just sort of say, oh, we're losing money and threaten to move elsewhere. You know, I'm waiting for the day Jeff Lurie, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, decides to pull that stunt, because he can fucking go to Camden if he wants. Do you remember that uh, the Eagles almost you moved know in the, the 80s to Phoenix? You up yes, on they that? did. Fuck, why, why, um, why, why dream so small? You could go to Anchorage, you could go to Norilsk, you know? Move to... Welcome to, to NFL uh, Ruski. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Move to beautiful um, <laughs> my Harrisburg. T- my Harrisburg, entire O-line York. is on crocodile. <laughs> Lancaster, Lancaster. Oh. I, I would like I would like an NFL team in Lancaster. They have a minor league baseball team. NFL Murmansk. Ooh. NFL taking NFL <laughs> the Murmansk isotopes. Yeah, the isotopes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fucking scam. Uh, I Petra will say Lusk. the uh, the guy who got fucked over in the Raiders stadium deal recently departed. Sheldon Adelson. He got fucked over at the last possible second by Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders. F. Uh, and also, cl- once again, much like Trump, you're telling me this guy wasn't great at business. People uh, don't know what Mark Davis's real age is. Look at his Wikipedia page. It's they don't have a real no. birth year for him. It's like also, fifty-eight Mark or Davis, fifty-nine. Oh he could be any age. Mark Davis. Mark Davis conducts, yes. and this is not a joke. All Raiders business from a PF Chang's bar. Hell yes, dudes rock. Respect. That's all. Ult- ultimate dudes rock energy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Clark County Commissioner, which is where Las Vegas is, uh, didn't even think they could pay the loan back at two percent, and they gave this guy seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So yeah, naked corruption. Uh, high nineties, I would say. <laughs> I I don't know if is naked corruption the same as openly ripping off the government. Right, because the government has so far to to this point indicated that it will pay you any amount of money it wants for any reason, as long as you don't actually need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, universal basic income, but on chaos mode. Yes. Yeah, I kind of respect that, honestly. Like, you kind of respect the hustle, right? Like, if you yeah. manage to get seven hundred fifty million out of a city smaller than Hartford and Palm Beach. And you don't have catch, to pay rent, like and catch twenty two. Uh, shit, what's what's the author? Um, Joseph Heller. Heller. Joseph Heller said, "You know, there's nothing nothing more patriotic than ripping off your own government." That's uh, true. <laughs> All right, rock. now let's get let's get to the centerpiece of today's presentation. This goddamn team, the Eagles. <laughs> I just want to read the notes. The Go Eagles. Birds. God, I hate this fucking team. How the fuck do you go from winning a Super Bowl to this dumbass, headass, garbage, baby shit, soft team that can't even play cover two? Ugh. All right. Philadelphia Eagles, the bane of my existence. Let's uh, let's begin. Next slide, please. Go birds. Yeah. Can we get that? <laughs> you, you on the drop? Yeah. On the drop? Yeah. No one respects Minnesota. Do you, Ross? <laughs> do you want to explain where the Eagle and Philadelphia Eagles comes from? Because I know you know. So the Eagle in the Philadelphia Eagles comes from a New Deal program, which I can't recall offhand. I also cannot recall the program, but it does come oh, from that. because because I you set this up and then neither of you yeah. can fucking remember it's, it. it's the blue yeah, eagle well, it's, it's new, on the... account of liam was regaling me today earlier with his tales of drinking a six-pack of double dog okay right? you know what i'm you're gonna get the well there's your problem experience of me looking up the wikipedia live uh <laughs> philadelphia <laughs> eagles uh 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 
Intense rivalry with the New York the National Giants. Recovery oh, fuck the, oh, the National Recovery Administration. There we go. The yeah. good NRA. Yeah, the good NRA. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. All right. Uh, this is Donovan McNabb. He's very sweaty. Yes. Whom's right. among us? So, uh, you know what, Shavis, do you just want to go on, on the history of like McNabb to modern, like Vic? modern era Eagles? Yeah, just knock yourself out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, on, just, just look up off yourself, you know? Uh, on May 6, 1994, Jeffrey Lurie, on the same day I was born, Buys the Philadelphia Eagles. Jesus Christ, record, than I am. For a record price, I think was like the most expensive sports team buy of all time at the time. In 1999, the Eagles, they're okay. He hires defensive-minded coach Ray Rhodes. That's just the first head coach he hires. Uh, they go to one. They win one playoff game in those few years. Crash and burn in 98. They hire... Green Bay Packers assistant, not even offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, formerly a tight end coach named Andy Reid to be their head coach. And then they have, because they were so terrible, they draft with the second overall pick. So to make it more obvious for these other people and novices of of the game of football, uh, you're almost incentivized to lose in a lot of sports. If you talked about that process episode, you probably got into that a little bit. And if you have the worst record in football in a given year, you have the top pick in the following year's draft, meaning that you have your selection of any player that is draft eligible from the college football ranks. So the Eagles got the second pick of any college player. And in 1909, they took quarterback, as we said, most important position in sports uh, out of Syracuse, Donovan McNabb, who was a very good player for the Eagles, not necessarily a Hall of Fame talent. Uh, Made a lot of Pro Bowls, which are the equivalent of an all-star team in the NFL. And for about a decade in Philadelphia, McNabb and Reed had the most successful period, successful run in team history. They made four conference championships, which are what's going to happen this weekend on the, what's today? The 21st, on the 24th of this of January this year. Uh, it's like the semifinals, essentially. There's four teams, and whoever wins those games goes to the Super Bowl. The Eagles did that all the time, but they never actually won the Super Bowl. They were very good for a long time, my entire youth, but they were never quite the best. So, someone at my age, I don't know how old you all are, but I'm older than 26 you. Going on 20, Unfortunately. 26 going on 27 now. So I grew up in this era where the Eagles were so full of promise frequently, and I got to watch some amazing times and amazing highs. But with that came the crushing losses and crushing disappointment on the biggest of stages in the entire sport that I've thought about in the years since I'm, I'm a crazy person. And you know, every sense of the word, I wonder if I would be as neurotic and insane and as all over the place of a person as I am now, if the Eagles had just won the Super Bowl, which is the championship in the NFL, the Super Bowl is superb Al. Uh, one time in my youth before they eventually won it when I was uh, 23 going on 20. I, 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 I saw that tweet that you did. Uh, uh, it, I, I always like, as, and to contrast to that, I grew up actually uh, a Patriots fan. And so the run of success started around the same time. So I was 
I remember Bledsoe's final years. Shit. Listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I two, like three years on, and I I still have never rewatched the Super Bowl. Like my like my girlfriend will ask me now and again, can we rewatch Super Bowl Fifty Two? And like being the little bitch boy I am, I'm just like, no, my feelings will get hurt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the Eagles. I remember you guys made it what to the Super Bowl two thousand four. Donovan McNabb pukes on the sideline and dies. Yeah, we're gonna do the T.O. <laughs> yeah. McNabb beef. Uh, yeah. Could you do the T.O. McNabb beef? Yeah. Do you want to keep going? Just before outsourcing I get more and more of this podcast. Uh, no. Go for it. Go for it. I just <laughs> wanted to to taunt again that Andy Reid made it to six divisional titles, five NFC Championship games, and a Super Bowl, and didn't win shit in that time. And then the next time was even went worse. To Kansas City and became the greatest coach of all. <laughs> Not the greatest coach, but yeah. one of them. <laughs> So uh, the original slide for this was just Andy Reid in a, uh, in a Chiefs uh, shirt holding the Super Bowl trophy as a taunt, but that felt rude. There is a huge <laughs> Philly bar, uh, a Chiefs bar, I'm sorry, in South Philadelphia, just a couple blocks from my house called Big Charlie's Saloon. It's been a Chiefs bar for decades. Uh, when they won the Super Bowl, I could literally not sleep that night because it was so loud, them partying from a couple blocks away. So now I kind of resent the Chiefs a little bit. <laughs> anyway, I, I I kind of resent Mahomes at this point. I'm sick of seeing his stupid fucking face. Yeah, I, I want them to lose on Sunday. That's, again, another discussion. So there's a huge beef that irrevocably changes the Eagles in that period. So the Eagles have this quarterback, as I said, they drafted in 1999, Donna McNabb. Very good, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But as much as he carries the Eagles' offense, he helps the Eagles score a touch on the score points. And the team was very talented defensively, but offensively outside of McNabb, they didn't have a lot of good skill position guys, guys to catch the ball, guys to run the ball. So the first few years of McNabb's career, he had the worst group of wide receivers, which he discussed as the players who are catching the ball when McNabb, the quarterback, is throwing the ball downfield, trying to advance down the field. Even though they were a team that was perennially one of the best in the league, they probably had the worst positional group at wide receiver among any team in the NFL. Then comes 2004. That offseason, the Eagles swing a trade for Terrell Owens, who at that time was considered the best wide receiver in the NFL. He comes to Philadelphia and only spends one full season in Philadelphia in 2004. And he's transformative. No player has ever won over the city. So quickly, he scores 14 touchdowns or so, I think, in just 14 games before he gets hurt. He gets hurt in the middle of the season. So the Eagles have, they finally have not just a good receiver, a great receiver. They have one of the best receivers in the history of the sport. And they had made the conference championship, the, the, the semifinals of football the last couple of years. But that season felt special. And towards the end of the regular season, T.O. suffers a gruesome injury, and he's out for the playoffs, or so it seems. So the Eagles make it back to that conference championship game and win, and they finally, finally get over that hump and make the Super Bowl for the first time in 24 years, the first time in my life, the first time in this ever we're talking. And even though he had a broken ankle, Owens comes back for the Super Bowl, and he's one of the biggest trash talkers in the history of the sport. And he comes out. And he plays 
unbelievable on a broken leg, has over 100 receiving yards. That's that's the barrier if you had a great game as a wide receiver. Did you accumulate 100 yards when you had the ball in your hands? Over 100 yards, great. 100 yards in the Super Bowl, when you have a broken ankle, that's a transformative dynamic performance. Nevertheless, the Eagles lost that game as they were progressing down the field and losing to the New England Patriots, of course. And they were running out of time to be able to score more points and score more touchdowns and get themselves back into the game. Their quarterback, as we said, Donovan McNabb, uh, was just winded and tired. I think he's someone who struggled with conditioning throughout his career. Did a lot of commercials for Campbell's Chunky Soup. Uh, that was a big sponsor of his, and that became a running joke in Philadelphia that he was a little too chunky. And he was legitimately <laughs> puking on the field. And the huddle, the huddle is where all the players get together and they decide to play, what they're going to run, what kind of pass or a rush or who they're going to throw to before the ball is snapped and the play occurs. And he is just throwing up in it, vomiting everywhere. And it's not on camera. It's not on TV, but all the, a lot of players since then and in the years since have said, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. McNabb obviously denies it. And they go into that offseason. They don't win Super Bowl. McNabb has a poor performance in Super Bowl. T.O. does great. T.O. says, and this gets back to a little bit of what we discussed when it comes to NFL labor. Not all the money in Terrell Owens' contract was guaranteed. He signed a contract that I believe was seven years, $49 million. He said, you know what? I want a new contract. If I was bad, you could cut me. If I'm good, give me more money. I get it. The team said no. So what happens? There's a rivalry brewing within the locker room as Owens comes into the city and is instantly the most beloved athlete in the city at the time. Whereas McNabb had been there for about a half dozen years at that point and had a tumultuous relationship with the fan base. A lot of fans hated them. I think a lot of that stuff was racially targeted besides some of the stuff of you know the general football sense of not playing great in the biggest moments in the postseason and the playoffs. But again, I think the racial element played a role there. And T.O. says, as, as the season is going on, 2004 is over. They're trying to get into the 2005 season. It's the offseason. The players are starting to practice, going into training camp and getting ready for the season. And Owens just says, I'm not practicing if you're not giving me a new contract. So what does he do? Again, he is a, you know, people would call him a diva, I guess. And that's a little bit of a negative connotation that one got, but he had, had a flair for the dramatic. I will say that quite personable, charismatic, electric personality on top of being one of the best players I've ever seen. So aware he of lived, his negotiating position. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. he lived in Morristown, New Jersey, which is a suburb just over the bridge in New Jersey from Philadelphia. And as the he Eagles lived very near my grandmother. Yeah, as the Eagles are practicing and getting ready for the season following their their loss in the Super Bowl, their star player is in his driveway in Morristown, New Jersey, shirtless, doing sit-ups, talking to reporters about how he wants a new contract, and things just kind of exploded from there. Things became very divisive in the Eagles' locker room. Players took the nab side saying, this guy's been here a while, Owen just shows up, wants a new contract. Other guys were saying, hey, this team was something different. When Owens came here, we've seen McNabb struggle. Owens was unbelievable. In the Super Bowl, McNabb was lackluster. So there was a rift brewing. And even though Donna McNabb wasn't as 
charismatic is not the right word, but wasn't as vocal or vociferous as a personality as Owens, wasn't as brash. Uh, McNabb still uh, had some resentment that he was garnering all this attention when he still believed he was the reason the team was a success. And things kind of spiral out of control in that 2005 season. The Eagles don't make the playoffs. They have a down season coming off of several playoff runs. They're finally due for a down season, especially coming off of the Super Bowl. It's usually called the Super Bowl slump sometimes for a lot of teams. Never is going to be as good as the year where things almost always went right. And it gets to a point where T.O. fights a assistant who was a former player in the locker room at one point. Hugh Douglas. Are you aware of this story? I feel like people know this story, uh, right? Oh, yeah. The fist fight? The- yeah, yeah. So Hugh Douglas, who had formerly been a all-star Pro Bowl player for the Eagles earlier in the decade, was now back as kind of a intern, a quality control person, but almost as a liaison, I would say, between the current players and the entrenched coaches. That was his role. But well-respected, T.O.'s mouthing off, and he goes, and he clocks Hugh Douglas, and they fight, and Owens wins. And Owens starts saying, (laughs) where's McNabb? He's looking for McNabb for a little fight. And I don't know where McNabb was, if he was in the building, if he was hiding in the shower and whatever. Nothing comes of that. Shortly thereafter, Owens is deactivated, which means they were like, you're not on the team anymore. Just go the fuck home for the rest of the season. And then he was cut slash released, however you want to say it, uh, that offseason. So the Eagles had... Deactivated really makes him sound like Robocop, you know? Yeah, like, yes. goodbye. So, so for one period of time, they had one of the best players ever at their position. For a year and a half. <laughs> for a year and a half, and things just could not work out because of the personality dynamics and turmoil. And, you know, I think it just sums up success in a business function to begin with that, you know, there are always going to be clashing personalities. There's always going to be too many people looking for all the credit in the world. And it's hard to actually sustain things for a long period of time. And as we see with the Eagles now, uh, success can just be a blip rather than evidence of long-standing functionality. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shit. Okay. And we're back in. So after that, that was brilliant. So after that, uh, the Eagles don't make the playoffs to what? 2008, right? So yes, they make it in 2006. So 2004, they make the Super Bowl. 2005, that crazy year with T.O., they miss it. 2006, McNabb actually gets injured in the season and will become a recurring feature in Philadelphia. A backup quarterback comes in and actually leads them to a playoffs. That season, Jeff Garcia was his name. Backup that quarterback. Was Jeff Garcia was a had formerly been a, a very good quarterback of his own with the San Francisco 49ers. Comes in, leads the Eagles to the playoffs, and they actually won a playoff game before losing in the second round. So that happens. McNabb comes back as the starter in 2007. They do okay, but they don't make the playoffs. But then the Eagles do make the postseason in 2008 with McNabb as the starter, and they once again go to that NFC Championship game. The game before the Super Bowl, but then once again, the Eagles lose in that role the last time. To the Arizona Cardinals, right? To the Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald had one of the... Will be Hall of Fame receiver for the Arizona Cardinals (laughs) had 
uh, one of the greatest individual performances I've ever seen, uh, specifically uh, for a player against the Eagles. That was the last time this era where they made the NFC Championship game, the McNabb-Reed tandem. The following year, 2009, the Eagles would make the playoffs. They would play the Cowboys down in Dallas. They're, They're hated fierce rival for decades just the name of them makes my like fucking blood boil and in McNabb's last game as an eagle he loses a playoff game in Dallas and he was traded that offseason then we, we do Vic did, did, did Liam just go out what happened anyone there I'm here but okay yeah, you still got just, me, but like I'm, I'm, I, I know nothing, like less than nothing. Well, that never stopped me before. In this case, I'm like I could free while I could freestyle a little bit, go a little shorter if he's not giving the guides. I was about to say, so I this, mean, Mr. Anderson did the slides. I, I, wait, I don't, what, what, what are we complaining did, about? Did you just, did you just leave and come back? I had to use the bathroom, and I didn't want to interrupt Seamus. Well, good. <sighs> we did. We did. We closed up the wow. McNabb era. Yes. Did we? Okay, that's good. Because now let's. Uh, I just wanted to point out that during the 2008 season, uh, they managed to rescue that. They had started what one four, or is it? Oh, they started badly, right? And then they went on that tear. Yeah, they they had a game uh, where they lost like 44 to something against McNabb. Got benched during one game. That's how bad the Eagles that's were. That's right. Going. And then he came back and he was decent. Uh, this is also the season that they tied the Bengals, and Donovan McNabb didn't know that you could tie in the NFL, which you can do. Uh, and and play in overtime. Year. Yeah, it was terrific. Tie against it was fucking embarrassing. Ten years or twelve right. years later. Uh, How next, do I football? Next slide, please. <laughs> yeah, how I, do I, I open NFL? I don't know how to do narratives with sports. I'm bad at it. Unless unless it's the Sixers, in which case I'm good. All right, Mike Vick, Ugh. unproblematic uh, man. I Very I actually saw him back there. Yeah, I kind of wanted to to have a little a little roundtable discussion about Mike Vick because so Mike Vick signs with the Eagles after serving 21 months in federal prison for dogfighting. Uh, he had been amazing in college. He formerly played where he went uh, Virginia Tech. He had been drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. And I remember as a kid being like no other quarterback I'd ever seen. Because he was, a lot for of our age group, he was the coolest athlete in the world at that time he could like in an era when quarterbacks didn't really run mike vick could run and has the most rushing yards by any quarterback i believe holds the record for most rush yards per attempt by any player he's i think still one of the only if not the only quarterback for rush for a thousand yards uh, the top two are was, eagles he, for rush rushing yards per attempt all time not just for quarterbacks overall, Vic and Randall. How about that? Oh, wow. Randall Cunningham, uh, who was a black quarterback for the Eagles in the 80s and 90s. So Mike, Mike Vick is controversial because the Eagles signed him knowing that he had done these things. He had gone to prison for them. And my personal opinion on Mike Vick is that people are deserving of second chances, but I kind of wish it hadn't been in professional football. Mm. And I certainly don't necessarily (laughs) wish it had been with the Eagles. But I don't know what the answer is because a lot of these guys never fucking get punished. Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, allegedly, although it's pretty substantial evidence, uh, 
raped a woman in a bathroom and nothing ever came of it. Players do horrible shit all the time. I do kind of wonder, you know, if if Mike Vick had been white, if he would have even gone to jail. 21 uh, months for the, the I think he was made an example of. I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily I, like the signing of him. I, I feel uh conflict about his time in Philadelphia. I'm huge dog lover. It's it's weird. I, I do think that he served an abundance of time that again I, I don't think would have necessarily happened if he were a white quarterback. And I think the the uproar of him coming back in the league probably would have been a little lessened again uh if he was a white quarterback. Um but still kind of an icky situation at this Icky situation is a good way to put it. Um, Liam, you have told me multiple times in person that the only thing you think people should be executed for is animal abuse. No, also treason. <laughs> also treason, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm trying to be nuanced here, but yeah, my, my genuine opinion of Mike Vick is that, like, I'm, I, I, see a guy, I see people wear Vick jerseys around Philly still and I get fucking sick to my stomach, is my honest answer. Uh, it's the one reason I could never fully get on board with the with the Eagles as a franchise was that signing. And I root for a team that had Aaron fucking Hernandez. So I don't know what that tells you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I do think, like I said, second chances are important. But giving it to a guy who had done that was not my favorite move. And I I remain skeptical that the Eagles should have signed him in the first place. But what's done is done. So they trade Donovan McNabb to the Washington football team. Uh, and, and so we're rolling with... <laughs> stop it. Mike Vick and his backup, Kevin Cobb. Uh, I remember Vick being amazing, but wildly inconsistent. Like, That's he could apt, run real yes. good. And he, and he could make uh, incredible throws, especially to Deshaun Jackson, uh, who was... Uh, another uh, player I remember being younger and just blowing my mind because I had never seen anyone as fast oh, as him. He's, but... he's still one of my favorite players ever. Again, a controversial tenure in Philadelphia mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so a whole lot of nothing happens, but I did want to talk about the Mike Vick signing and highlight it as just an example of like, this league has some pretty dark, depressing history. And whether or not you agree with the Mike Vick signing, like I said, uh, I think the the general consensus is uh, pretty mixed, but I do. Th- but I did want to say about Andy Reid, then the coach of the Eagles, now the coach of the Chiefs, and during his tenure with both, he has given a lot of guys with a lot of histories a lot of chances. And I don't think a ton of other guys, and, and I mean chances specifically for black players, and I don't think there are many ch- coaches around the league who are willing to do that. You know, um, Tyreek Hill, who is currently a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, broke his kids. What is it? Ripped it out of the socket or some yes. gruesome shit. Very gruesome. Uh, and Andy Reid gave him a second not chance. Isolated, not an isolated incident. But. No, no. Uh, they had again, cannot stress enough how much brain problems all of these guys have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, ninety nine percent of NFL players have CTE. I mean, F- fun fact, by the way, about uh, violence and like uh, violent behavior. Uh, you know, uh, they did a test for CTE on death row inmates and found a one hundred percent rate of it. So really, yeah, yeah. yeah, turns, yeah. turns out if you continually whack your noggin into other things, it's going to cause damage to your noggin. 
Mm-hmm. To be See, honest, that's I'm... why you should row, because all you do is go into the Anacostia when you tip over. <laughs> no, that just gives you like continuous like stuff. rapid changes from ambient temperature to like 32 degrees, which is like living in London, which apparently gives you a very high rate of heart attacks. Um, <laughs> the human body ne- is a miracle, isn't it? Yeah. Ne- next yeah. up on on well, there's your problem. We solve the Glasgow effect. <laughs> we find out why it's happening. Well, maybe you should not, you know, have. Maybe you should just live in a climate that isn't shit. You should live maybe. in Philly, where it's shit, but at least we like it. Yeah, yeah it's a good kind. Ninety-five of shit. degrees now in the summer. It's fucking intolerable. Oh my god! All right, so uh, the last few years kind of end with a whimper. Uh, and then eventually Andy Reid in the 2012 season goes four and 12 and he gets fired. Is there anything more you want to add from the Mike, Mike Vick era? Yeah. All right. Next slide, please. Let's talk about chip fucking Kelly. Little chode bitch. Ah, God, (laughs) I fucking hate chip Kelly. All right. One of the things to know about this guy is he's a fucking racist. Fucking just Uh, huge (laughs) asshole. Egomania. Yeah. Uh, As I said, this is the airing of grievances episode. (laughs) So this guy comes from the University of Oregon, where he had been a really good coach, actually. Never mind the fact that the University of Oregon never does shit. I thought they didn't have racists out there. I thought they were all like nice. In the white supremacist colony? Yeah. In the the state that was founded as a white supremacist colony, I thought they were nice out there and they weren't racist. There's never been a single racist north of the Mason Dixon line. That's That's how it works. Read a history book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been to Northeast Philly and I can conclude it's a multicultural paradise. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, fucking Chip Kelly. To his credit, in the 2013 season, wins a division title in his first year with our new baby boy, Nick Foles. You will see him later. He is to be dressed as Sir Big Dick Nick for reasons we'll yes. They've had a chance I heard after they won the Super Bowl that were just people screaming Big Dick in my face. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's pride. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they lose to the they lose to the Saints in the wild card round, but they sent the Cowboys home. So at least there's that. Uh, and then the Eagle, and then the 2014 season, the Eagles start great at nine and three, but they finish at ten and six and miss the playoffs. So they collapse. Crushing basically. season for me. That was that was one of the that really fucked me up as a fan that season. Uh, bu- bu- buckle up because we're gonna get to 2015. Uh, at some point, you guys signed Mark Sanchez. Uh, that was uh, in 2014. Uh, going into that season to be Nick Foles' backup. Nick Foles gets hurt in the year. Uh, Sanchez comes in, plays well immediately. The Eagles actually throttled the Cowboys on Thanksgiving behind a great performance from Sanchez to go nine and three, and then they proceed to lose uh, their next three games and get eliminated from the playoffs. Limited from playoff contention, a playoff spot. They were knocked out, however you want to say it. Mark Sanchez is best known for fumbling that. Thank you, Roz. I appreciate that, that caricature. For fumbling <laughs> uh, the football <laughs> off one of his guards' butt. That is what Mark Sanchez is best known for. Also dating a 17 year old girl while he was a starting quarterback for the New York Jets. He what now? 
That was you didn't you weren't Hold aware on, of that. I have, I, I have no, a drop I didn't for know this. that. Don't do go birds. Please don't do go no, birds. No, it's not go birds. It it's was on the Jets go for birds. it. He was on the Jets for it. <laughs> it's it's, it's Donald Trump. Was he? It's Donald Trump over I mean, pronouncing the word 20s, pedophilia but, like it's Italian. I mean, he was in his early twenties. Pedophilia. Jesus Christ! I didn't know that. Pedophilia. Pedophilia. Technically legal. Eh, il pedofilo duccio. Come si dice in pedophilia? Pedophilia. Thank you. All right. So the twenty. The 2015 season, where everyone dies, gets traded, or isn't re-signed. So, the Eagles lose basically their entire starting lineup. Not literally, but they lose Nick Foles. They lose their very good running back, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, They lose Evan Mathis, who's very good. And they get Sam Bradford, who is a walking pile of dog shit. He's really bad. And DeMarco Murray, who had been good... Uh, the year also bef- big loser energy. Yeah, the the year before had been amazing on the Cowboys, but that's because the Cowboys had an O line. Uh, once again, the Eagles proving we you don't need an O line to play football. Uh, so that's a, a the yeah they traded they trade Lashawn McCoy, Kiko Alonso, uh, who sucked, and this is Chip Kelly. This is where we were saying racist. Uh, Chip Kelly had a really it had been accused of being a racist. Was it Deshaun Jackson or Lashawn McCoy have accused him of it? Deshaun, I believe. Yeah, that Chip Kelly basically hated the black players and got rid of all the good ones. Interestingly enough, he kept Riley Cooper. Uh, Riley Cooper is famous for screaming the N word at a country concert in at Camden, Kenny, New Jersey. Kenny Chesney. Concert was it? Just, Camden? I think it was, was at the It was literally at the Eagles Stadium. Oh why, my god! Why? Why? Like I, I don't expect that there's such a thing as a good reason. But what was his reason? He went to. He was gonna fight. He will and, fight every blank uh, over there. Yes, cool. He, okay. he went to the University of Florida. Uh huh. Which Howie Roseman went to? Fuck it, Howie Roseman. Once again, ashamed to be Jewish. <laughs> Uh, you got anything to add for the Chip Kelly era besides the fact that he's a racist who sucked ass? Uh, just he thought he was the smartest. the The least smart person is the person who assumes they're the smartest person in the room. The smartest person is smart enough to be aware that they're not the smartest person. In the room. That's right. my brain hurts. Dunning Kruger effect. It, it, it's real. <laughs> then, then they would be the it, next slide. Yeah, never, mind. never mind. Next slide. All right, this is going to be the reminiscing slide. Yes. All right. Uh, you know what? So, in, so uh, Chip Kelly is fired. Doug Peterson is hired in 2016. And the Eagles trade up for Carson Wentz, a quarterback out of, was it North Dakota or North Dakota State? North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Go Bison. Go Bison. Perennial, somehow, perennial college football powerhouse in the uh, lower division which is known as FCS. Are you just extending the crosswalk? No, what I'm doing is I'm doing the um the 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 um school of Athens. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Beautiful terminating vista here. In Carson Wentz's first year, they go 7 and 9. But whatever, he's a rookie quarterback and he had been, yeah, it was fine. It was it was yeah. an optimistic year. All right, uh Seamus, since you've been an Eagles fan since you came out of the womb, uh, you want to just talk about your memories of the 2017 season and how good it was? 
Oh man, it was. I was 23. I, I had taken a uh, about a year off from college at Penn. I had to go back for my last semester, so I'm not living on campus. I'm commuting, and um, you know, taking the bus to University City and back. You know, a couple of days a week, and I'm just consuming Eagles podcast. And there was just a different energy in the city that year. When the Eagles are good in general, the vibe, the atmosphere is just not what it usually is. People just literally seem happier and because they are. And that year, obviously, I ended in the Super Bowl, but it was one of those things where fans could tell that season from just a couple of weeks into the season, I would say from about week three on, that there was just something special, something different about that team, different that season. And, you know, I'm kind of getting my shit together, getting my degree finally, um, you know, going to games every Sunday down the link. I'm partying in the parking lot before the game tailgating. I go in the game and it's an easy win. So it feels like, you know, all that anxiety and worry that's usually a part of every Eagles game and so synonymous with my fandom overall, this gnawing feeling that, uh, you know, the floor is about to fall out on you or you're going to get bopped in the face at the last second doesn't really happen that season until uh, in December, the Eagles look like the best team in the NFL. We're getting into, do you want to do the Foles Wentz thing or? Yeah, go for I it. I don't really you care. D- just, you deserve this, Seamus. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, I, I mean, so I could go on a little personal touch too. So in December, the Eagles are slated to play the Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles are like the best team in football. The Rams are also very, very good that season in this big game in Los Angeles at the classic Coliseum. I was at the time, given my own personal slant, looking for a new job upon my December graduation. And I'm just, you know, applying, throwing, you know, feelers out to a million different places. And I applied for this job in L.A., I don't even know what I couldn't even tell you what the job was really in, at this point. It was just, you know, a nonsense, you know, startup company, digital startup company job. And I'm, I'm having this <laughs> phone call conversation with them. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Just like trying to get to the next stage. You know what I mean? Try to leave an impression. They were like, well, we'd like to see how people are in person uh, before we hire them. We see how they are in the workforce. Would you want to come to L.A.? And like work for us as like a work trial for a week before we extend you an offer. I'm like, uh, newsflash, I live in like fucking Philadelphia. How am I going to do that? And they're like, we'll literally pay for you to fly here for your stay at an Airbnb and give you a per diem if you want to come here. And I was like, all right. Like, and it was like the week between, you know, the last week of classes and finals. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll do this. And they were like, well, you would start this Monday. We could fly you in Monday morning. And I'm like, Hmm. I look at the calendar. That's Sunday. The Eagles are playing in Los Angeles. So I say, hey, would it be possible if you fly me out on Sunday morning instead, just so I have a day to adjust to the time zone change? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I fly from, I get like a 6 a.m. flight from Philly and I'm, I, have a, I have a layover in Chicago. So I'm nervous about the lays and all this thing. So as soon as my plane is taking off from Chicago, I buy a ticket to the Eagles game. From my phone. And as soon as I land, I go and throw my crap into this unbelievably nice, too nice for me for a dumbass 23-year-old Airbnb in beautiful Santa Monica, hopping an Uber to the Coliseum. I go there. I get this big, you know, 30-ounce Bud Light. I walk to my seat. The, the weather's beautiful. There are Eagles fans all over. I'm in the, one of the most famous sports stadiums in the entire world. And I just, you know, I'm about to get my degree. And I feel like I am literally, you know, have the world by its balls. 
And just surely into the game, Carson Wentz, who again had been this savior figurehead in Philadelphia, they had just drafted him with one of the top choices in the NFL draft the previous year, looked like the most valuable player, like he would win the league's most valuable player award that season, suffers a gruesome injury of his own and tears his ACL. I walked out of the stand. The Eagles still won. They clinched the division. They were going to go to the postseason. But I had gone all over across the country to see the Eagles at this moment I thought would be their pinnacle to that point in the season. And it was just this crushing defeat that felt like the end of what we all assumed was going to be the best season of our lives. Obviously, didn't get that job. Thank God. I, I like where <laughs> my life's at now. <laughs> so I come back to Philly. I work. I work. I work for them for a week. They give me like a hundred dollars every day. I was just like going out to eat at these like phenomenal Mexican restaurants at night. You know, getting a nice eight hours of sleep in this beautiful Airbnb. It was like a mini vacation that I, you know, I had to go sit in this workstation for for seven hours a day, just checking emails, doing nothing. Uh, didn't get offered a job. Come back to Philly, and Nick Foles, who had left a few years back, had some success under Chip Kelly. That offseason had been signed to be the backup quarterback to Carson Wentz. The prodigal son had come home. He comes in as Wentz's backup, gets him into the playoffs, and then once the playoffs start, he turns into Tom Brady. He's better than we even thought Wentz was for that short period of time. (laughs) Three years ago today, we're recording this. The Eagles made the NFC Championship game. The game for so many years in my life had been a day of worry knowing that the Eagles were inevitably going to lose this game. And I'm there and they absolutely fucking bone crush the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 30 to seven. Go Roll to the Super Bowl. Yep. Rolling out. The game is, the game is at the link. It was, the game was over in the second quarter. The Eagles had already victory was in hand. And while the Super Bowl was obviously more a bigger magnitude of a win, more important, but that game was a nail biter until the last second. The the NFC Championship game uh, was like the biggest seventy thousand person party I've ever been at. They just like there were no rules. I, I walked home from the stadium, was walking down Broad Street, walked back to my house in South. My parents, I was told with my parents, my parents' house in South Philly, and it was just you know one of those things. Like, what more could you ask for? And then the following two weeks later, they win the whole thing. The city goes wild. It's amazing. They have a victory parade that we always talk about for years in Philadelphia. I just want to see the Super Bowl parade. I would, you know, bullshit with my friends like, oh, what are you going to do when the Eagles win the Super Bowl? My friend was like, oh, I'm going to take my car and I'm going to like leave the keys in the middle of the car. And I'm going to like throw beers out from the trunk and tell people to beat the shit out of my car. And then I'm going to collect a bunch of insurance <laughs> money. And I'm like, that's that's insurance fraud. And I'm like, he's like, I'm going to do it. And then I, I meet this friend on Broad Street the night they win. And, and he just like. I go up, I give him a huge bear hug. Like, I don't even say anything to him. He goes, dude, cops said in a, at 2 a.m. I can move my car here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened after that, but I think you really <laughs> wanted to get his car. <laughs> like, look, look, had been saying that for years. Like, not just a one-time thing. That was his, that was what was going to happen. He was like, yeah, just beat the shit out of him. He had car problems. I've never seen a person with more car problems in my life. So it made sense. Then I have a huge Super Bowl parade. I meet my girlfriend. At the Super Bowl parade, I was tweeting about the Super Bowl. Do, uh, I mean, we could get in the story. Do you know, like the the VJ Day picture where the sailor is kissing that woman? Yes, yes. Of, like an iconic photo. So, just like I fuck around on Twitter all the time. That's obviously how you found me on this podcast. Uh, 
I tweeted like the, the day after the Super Bowl or, or the night of when I was walking to Broad Street to go party after being at my, my friend's house with my family. I was like, I tweeted out that picture and just like bullshit around. I was like, me and your girl on Broad Street tonight, like just like fucking around. Just like, like I'll, I'll go make out with someone's girl, like just, just fucking around. And then, then the next day, obviously, like I just woke up and like kept partying, like went to the Eagles little pro shop, the, the, the store at the stadium that sells all the, the merchandise. And there's like a 200 person line to get in to go buy all the Super Bowl merchandise that says Super Bowl champs. So I buy a bunch of shit. I'm decked out. Uh, I go to McGillan's, you know, oh, no. first bar in Philadelphia, one, one of the <laughs> oldest bars in Philadelphia. So I'm sitting there. We're drinking me and my buddy, Mike. We're drinking pitchers of green beer with my best friend my entire life. We're sitting there like, like this is literally all we talked about doing our entire fucking life was like going out drinking after the Eagles win the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Neither of us has a real job right then. And I get a message on Twitter from a girl who I did not know replying to that tweet of like the, the, the people kissing. And she was like, we should recreate this at the Eagles parade. And I was like, all right, my DMs are open. Like that eyes emoji thing. And she DMs me and was like, hey, like, I'm serious. We should do this. And I'm just like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm just thinking like, I've been burned by girls in my time. Like, we'll see what happens here. Like, I'm, I'm going to go along for the ride, but we'll see what happens. Inevitably, we do meet up at the parade that, that I'm sitting at Broad and Shunk. She's at Broad and Federal. Once the parade passes me, I, I walk down to meet her. Uh, we, we meet up real quick. I, I tell her I'm sitting outside the Pet Boys there at Broad and Federal. I text oh, her. Oh, fuck that Pet Boys. Up meeting they up fucking cool. stole from me. Uh, no, <laughs> I've never been inside. I've never been, a co- I've never been a customer of them. So I can only speak for the exterior. Anyway, we go in the street and just like make out, have that, do that kiss. My buddy Enzo takes a picture of us. Very South Philly name. Would be good. Would be great for Nick Sirianni, their new head coach. And then I tweeted out with the like initial tweet that I sent and like the DM she sent me. And it got like 15,000 fucking retweets. I had to like Time Magazine did a story about it. We had to go like on Fox 29 News, CBS 3 News <laughs> to talk about all this shit. It was, it was insane. And we live together now. We've been living together for like two years. Oh, yeah. So if the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, I'd probably be sitting in like my fucking parents' basement right now. But now (laughs) I have like a life and live with this woman. Go birds. Alice, drop it. God damn it. That's all you have to say. Salud. Oh, fuck. Salud. Oh, shit. Uh. (laughs) In case you wonder where that audio is from, that is from the NFC Championship. That is. The drunkest man I've ever seen in my entire life, taunting like a nice Minnesota he's housewife. Like, he was like in a high. That's like a that's like a high school kid. He's yeah. like angled ninety <laughs> degrees over backwards. He's like half ragdolled. Yeah, he's just. Yeah. You know that Minnesota nice woman thought she was giving him a piece of his mind, and he yeah, was you just can like, hear her in the background. Like I'm, I'm doing it again. L- listen, listen to listen for her voice here, and you can hear her be like. You'd be treated with more respect in Minnesota. It's like, yeah, we don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Hey, you'd be treated with more respect in Minnesota. Hey. This this picture is from uh, City Hall the night the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So my story about this is Roz and I started watching it at our friend Sean and Phillips' house. I'm getting another uh, beer. I will co- I will contribute to yeah. the story at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know we were drinking until too late. I would have got some beers for this. Yeah, we're we're pretty much always drinking on this, Seamus. 
Yeah. If you come yeah. back on for next time. <laughs> and the, and next the, time. The sole exception, I'm only drinking Red Bull to try and stay awake. Yeah, you're dying. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, did a, I did a coffee at like five to get amped for this. Shavis, I subscribe to your Patreon now. Yeah. Awesome. On air, baby. That's, yeah. that's that's the sloppiness yeah. we like here on WTYP. <laughs> uh, so cross brand synergy. That's right. Uh, ugh, don't don't do that. So <laughs> Roz and I go to our friend's house, and I had my other friend Shane, who was living, I think it like twentieth and more at the time down in South Philly, was like, "Hey, uh, I'm a little worried. There's going to be riots." Can you guys come down here? And if anyone comes rioting, can you just sort of point my SKS at them? <laughs> uh, and we said, sure. And we like just went down to his house and he had a case of hams. And I remember listening to <laughs> like a couple cases of hams. And me, him, and his girlfriend at the time were like watching this fucking. This this game with like a sh- with the shitty Eagles radio feed and the illegal stream kept going out, and then it was clear the Eagles had won, and I just heard the most noise I've ever heard, just like fireworks and screaming and like people just running around, and everyone started immediately streaming onto Broad Street, and we got on Shane's. There were deck. no rules. No, there weren't any rules, and I started airdropping people hams. From the deck. You were allowed to <laughs> commit insurance fraud. You were allowed yeah. to do whatever you fucking wanted that night. I just remember walking yes. up Broad Street with Roz and some guy just handing me an open bottle of champagne and I just chugged it and threw it. Philadelphia yes. becoming a, a PvP enabled zone is extremely funny to me. Yeah, but it was it was a PvP enabled zone, but no one actually wanted to PvP. No, they wanted to PvP reason- the Wawa. Yeah, they wanted the <laughs> PvP objects. Yeah, people. like trees got moved, lampposts got knocked over. I will. The Ritz Carlson's <laughs> awning was collapsed because people tried to climb on top of it. Um, that's the uh, we talked about that in one of a recent episode. Um, yeah, it was it was absolutely no fucking rules at all. Uh, I people hauled a keg over the gates of City Hall. I broke my <laughs> foot. Yes. You remember I hugged that guy and fell off the curb and broke my foot. You had to limp me the whole way home. Yeah, I had Did to you really? limp you yeah. from 15th Street to 46th Street. street. Uh, I don't know if I literally broke it. I never saw a dog run, but I basically couldn't walk. You went all the way to the University West City, West Philly? West yeah, 40 seconds and I'm on it. Yeah, I had to limp him you were like, the whole way. You were like T.O. in the Super Bowl. I was. I was. And just people were like giving us beers. And we were giving them I beers. badly want a I statue of like the, the fucking like a big bag of beer I was just being carried back with like <laughs> laden down with beers that people are giving you. Roz is like, I think I got carried back too, but for different reasons. I I have never seen and it and like I know Philadelphia has a reason has a reputation for being this destructive city, and we are. But yes. it, it, to be fair, it was just the broad and walnut uh, wawa. At that point, yeah. Next slide, please. <laughs> oh my god, we're almost done. <laughs> These are all I'm the sorry, cops. I'm, guard, I'm trying guard, not to yawn too much. <laughs> These are all the cops guarding the wall. <laughs> this is the most Philly <laughs> image I've ever taken. Who do you serve? Who do you protect? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were Wawa like, is a Lenape term, so they're you know they are obviously yeah, this protecting. Is, this is decolonization in action. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next slide, please. 
Wawa is uh, actually Lenape for goose. Hmm. That's why they have the goose as the logo. Um, this is Nick Foles. He is your god. <laughs> you will bow to him. Big so Dick he Nick. actually is nicknamed Big Dick Nick uh, because someone was was it someone asked Jason Kelsey like who's got the biggest long and he like without hesitation said Nick Foles. I believe it's, it's an internet rumor that's going along way since he was on the Eagles the first time around. I, I saw like creepy pasta Reddit type post of this going back to like 2013. Wait, creepy, like Nick serious. Foles's dick is you know what a I mean? cryptid. Like, just like, he's got a cryptid dick. You no, know, just like <laughs> random like internet that's shit posting that's been going on forever. I feel like. I also just bought a Brian Dawkins jersey. Thanks, Patreons. Call, call oh my, my dick the Slender Man. I, yeah, I had, so. yeah, now I can get in a fight with somebody outside of Tacanelli's Pizza at 3 a.m. Let's do this shit. Oh, uh, like sl- Slender Man is very tall. He's not very wide. Like, yeah, but he's you know, like, long. He's like, oh you, you get a long dick. Like, yeah, if, dick if you're going, man. what if you're going for girth, right? What do you do then? <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, I'm not. I, I I guess you could have like a Mothman dick, you know, like those gliders so mo- that they mo- use no, during the invasion weird. of Normandy. You, you get like a you yeah. Sasquatch yeah. dick. A Sasquatch dick implies that it's very hairy. Yeah, that's good. Maybe point, that's none yeah. of your business, Alice. Well, that's mm, true. That's a good point. The abominable snowman. Dick. All right, mm. moving swiftly along. <laughs> what have the Eagles done since then? Yeah, does that work? Probably not. We can no, never get about, YouTube to work to say, now. YouTube. What did, what, what, what did you try to put here? Uh, Cody Parkey double doinking. Oh. Fuck it, we'll do it in post. Was it a, was it a video? Yeah, it was a yes. YouTube video that I linked to in the YouTube slides. All right, so what we can do is we can try oh, and close your tabs. I <laughs> listen, dude. Listen. Close Can you guys hear me tap. right now? Yes. Yes. Okay, I just uh, took my like HD camera I hook up because the built-in camera on the MacBook is fucking terrible, and I had to like charge my computer. So I just want to make sure we're all good. We're all oh, good. Yeah, we're fine. All right. Cool. Have, Run it. Show the, me Cody Parkey letting the bears the, down. The vidya. I don't think you'll be able to hear the audio. You don't need to watch the ball. Watch what okay. happens to it. I'm watching. We can Madden this, in fact. That's a good point. No, I can't, because I don't have the... Um, he, ah, so fuck. the Eagles have called a timeout. So this field goal, which is good, does not count. Yes. Eh. Yeah, Roz and I, we watched, Roz and, we watched this game, didn't we? Always Cor- ice the kicker. Oh, because Corinne Just called it, me... because it's funny, if nothing else. <laughs> Corinne called me sobbing because she didn't realize that it had gone out. <laughs> Why are there always people screaming in my house? I don't know. I had a guy screaming on the street outside for like a half that an hour. That is Nick Foles normal, looking though. like he's about to shit his pants. Who cares about that? Oh, it's Mr. Trubisky. Hmm. All right. So we're lining up to kick again. The Eagles did something that's called icing the kicker where you call a timeout in order to throw off the kicker's rhythm. Just another insane call of football. Just doing some psychological warfare. That's on literally this guy. what it is. Yes. Yes.
So you'll notice the ball hits. Doink. It's doink. doink. And it's out. It's no good. The Eagles win. Oh, Cody Parkey. Doink. Cody Parkey is shot immediately after. <laughs> so the crimes Nick, against Chicago. So Carson Wentz had gotten hurt. So the next season in Super Bowl, the defense of the Super Bowl title, Carson Wentz got hurt again. Uh, we had to wrangle a big dick Nick a second time. Uh, I remember the um, the um, what's it the the Pico Building. Oh yeah, displayed, showing the double doink. Displayed the double doink all night that night. <laughs> all right, so that that's wonderful. the last good thing the Eagles ever did. I'm yes. a little bit jealous of Philadelphia that, in in general, you have one team. Like Glasgow, we just have sectarian violence. We have two teams, so like that that's a PvP enabled zone. Uh, uh, rather than like PVE, and so you'll never really get the same experience of the entire city just being like, "No, fuck you, we do this now." Yeah, you need to send one of them to uh, Edinburgh. It's, it is always amazing when you see. Uh, and if they have a team, you need to send them to Iverness. Oh, can I get the next slide, please, to explain Philly, uh, the Philly special? Okay, I have another slide. Oh, this is shit. It's still the video. video. Okay. All right. Next. Yeah, cool. This is Nick Foles and Doug Peterson immortalized. Neither of these guys is, uh, uh, is affiliated with the Eagles anymore. This There's is a statue of them outside the stadium. Yes. Uh, they are. There's this bit of audio that's become very famous where Nick Foles runs over to Doug Peterson, the coach, in the Super Bowl and asks, Do you want Philly, Philly? And Doug Peterson says, Yeah, let's do it. And my favorite part of that is that he immediately s- screams at Nick Foles, Wait, 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 wait. Uh, so the Eagles in the fucking Super Bowl run a trick play against New England Patriots, which involves Nick Foles, the quarterback, catching a pass from a tight end, I think. Correct. And the, the backup tight end. The old backup, the backup tight, tight end, end reverse pass. Yes. And that was when it became pretty fucking apparent, at least to me, that the Eagles probably were going to somehow manage to pull this thing out of their asses. Uh, that was an incredibly special play. I've seen people with tattoos of that play call. Uh, there are p- shirts with it. Uh, truly an incredible play. Uh, Bud Light, for what it's worth, sponsored the parade and gave everyone in Philadelphia a free Bud Light, except for Roz and I, because we went yeah, to the we wrong never, bar. We never got ours. That was we all, never got that our was free all Bud nonsense. Light. It was in pace possible to get one of those. We went, yeah, we, we went to the wrong bar somehow. You claim to be socialists, and yet universal basic income. Universal if, basic Bud Light was not yeah, uni- universal, universal Bud Light beer. income. <laughs> All right, next and final slide. Is oh this a God. tower crane or what the <laughs> hell is going on up here? You see yeah, this? Tower, that's probably the casino, dude. Yeah, but what is going on here? Because that doesn't look like a tower crane counterweight. That looks oh, like, looks like a shitty lamppost, man. Yeah, it does. Where's the rest of it? No, you know, I think it is probably a lamppost. That would make sense. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. right. We like to have fun here. So this past year, the Eagles sucked big old donkey balls. 
Hmm. Uh, Carson yes. Wentz sucked. There was no O line. Carson Wentz got benched. Carson Wentz wants out of Philadelphia. The Eagles went four eleven and one, ruined the giant season in the process, which was at least terrific. Uh, I spent an entire evening on Twitter arguing with other fuckhead suburbanite Eagles fans uh, who think tanking is good. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, we tied with the goddamn Bengals again. We choked away a twenty seven nothing lead to Washington or seventeen nothing. Uh, Carson Wentz sucks. So there's no fucking O line. There's no receivers. <laughs> Everyone's dead. The team's too old. Uh, Everyone has COVID. Howie yes. Roseman, our GM, can't draft for shit, and yet is not held responsible for the failures of this team. Uh, he will be here forever. Got? He will be here forever. Just James, like Kissinger, you like just waiting. Lessons, Wentz, Howie yeah. Roseman, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, his mysterious brother, Huey Roseman, who's been up <laughs> type good. this entire time. <laughs> I, uh, I will say that one of the things we've learned is the Eagles probably overextended trying to keep that group together. Uh, they have a lot of old players. They have no young talent to speak of. They can't draft wide receivers. Uh, anything else to add? They stink. Uh, they do stink. They stink. Uh, stink. Stink. Well, there's always next year. Stunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think we should wrap this up so Alice can go to bed. We've Aww, been here. The kind. Next, next one of these bonus episodes is my turn, right? Yeah, what are you yes. doing? Uh, I have no fucking idea. I'll, I, I will think about it. You guys got any suggestions, actually? Uh, um, the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, sure. Fuck a it. Why not? Military uniforms. I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back. Anything Philly, just throw me on. Yeah. All right, Seamus. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to yeah, do the plug you. again? Sure. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Seamus S H A M U S underscore Clancy. Uh, be sure to check out uh, my Philadelphia sports newsletter, Patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Just two dollars per month is the basic lowest level. You can get an email newsletter in your inbox every Monday through Friday morning. Great value. Tons of sports content, analysis, rants, craziness. If you like me on this podcast, you'll love the newsletter. If you hated me, sign up anyway. I don't give a shit. No, you were, you were, you were terrific. Mm-hmm. Thank, yes. you for, thank you for carrying me, Seamus. Of course. Uh, I, had to, I had to hold down the fort when you were in your bathroom break. I was yes. gone for 30 seconds, dude. It just co- it coincided <laughs> when I finished Welcome up the McNabb to my world, era. Lamb. You go to the bathroom all the time. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? I go to the bathroom exactly <laughs> one time every thing. episode. It's the funniest thing to say about anyone is you go to the bathroom almost all the time. It's like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what you do. You have a tiny girlish bladder. You I don't want to hear it food and drink and then you must excrete excrete <laughs> the waste and you're criticizing people for having to do that your timing which is always bad uh yeah, well you know I, right. I can't i cannot control nature i know all right bye everybody <laughs> bye good lord <laughs> all right well that went better than expected yeah, that, that was, that was a podcast. We done did it. We done did the podcast. We did. We did the podcast. I'm gonna go sleep for several right. days now. <laughs>